Hello, Vitamizers. Welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast. My name is Allison here in Austin, Texas with you. As always, your co-hosts for this show are John Mendoza, aka Nurse Doza, as well as Baldo Garza, aka Tex-Mex Yogi. And we are based... Like I said, in Austin, this show is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. We provide bioavailable supplements for all different sorts of health needs with always respect to the liver. We always love your liver. So go ahead and check us out. The link is in the description of the podcast. We're very excited for today's guest, but before we introduce him... This podcast is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. MSW Nutrition is a supplement line designed to help support your body in as many ways as possible, starting with the liver. By helping to repair liver health, you're supporting your body's biggest detox organ so that it can do its job taking care of the rest of you. We carry supplements to help with mood, stress, energy, weight loss, gut health, immunity, and much more. Any product carrying the MSW Nutrition label will be produced in an FDA-certified lab and contain the most bioavailable version of those nutrients possible. Make sure to check out our website at www.mswnutrition.com to see all the latest stacks to help you reach your health goals. This podcast is also brought to you by Athletic Outcomes. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre- and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots. It's your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date with their events and programs. This podcast is produced by Flabs to Fitness, Inc. Flabs to Fitness is an online wellness company that specializes in mindful eating, personalized workout programs, and offers a subscription workout program for 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. We also have a brand new online workout community called Online Workout Badasses, where we have three donation-based Zoom workout classes a week and an amazing community of people who are all working to be healthier together. Please join below in the show notes. It's also a social media content firm for creation and scheduling of content and engagement with your fans on a variety of platforms, including this podcast. Find out more about Flabs to Fitness at www.flabstofitness.com. This episode is featuring Shay Boland. Shay Boland is a men's coach who helps them get more into their heart. Um, He has helped a lot of different people in the Austin area and beyond to really tap into the full power of their heart, especially men. Uh, Men tend to be more in their head, and Shay is just a really cool person. We're very excited to have him on the show. They talked all sorts of different health things, and especially how he helps men get to that next stage in their life. He doesn't necessarily call it life coaching. It's more heart coaching, if you will. (laughs) Um, He also has a free seven-day inner blueprint course on his website at shayboland.com. I'll include that in the link below. But here he is. I think you're really going to like this episode. Shay Boland on the How Do You Health podcast. All right, guys. Well, welcome to the How Do You Health podcast. We're here with Shay Boland. He's a transformational coach. Uh, he focuses on, on uh, I guess, men's needs, right, more than anything, and, and uh, getting out of their heads uh, and into their hearts. emotional and spiritual development. That's perfect. That's awesome. I think we're going to have a great conversation between the three of us. And of course, we have Nurse Doza here. We're going to talk some health. We're probably going to get into some vitamins because you are getting a drip. And I'm Tex-Mex Yogi, so let's go ahead and uh, get this party started. So we met, I think, last year, right? Officially, like, like a Live a Great Story conference. Right. And yeah. But we had seen each other before. You probably met him before because yeah. we all know the same people, which is great, right? There's a really good tribe here in Austin, mm-hmm. right? You've been in here for a while now, I think, right? A few years? Uh, I've been in Austin for almost eight years. Yeah. yeah. So Started Sprint Squad. Yeah, that's right. So, like, you have a community here that's very unique. Tell us about uh, Sprint Squad. It's still going on, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been paused for a little bit, but it's about to be started again. But it's, it's overall still going on. Uh, so the ATX Sprint Squad is something that I, I created um, with no sort of agenda or plan. It was really an o- organic um thing that, that just started to kind of grow on its own. So basically what it is is just a, uh, a large group of over 100 people of all different fitness levels come out to run sprints together. And in the beginning, it was a lot about sprinting and sort of intensity and uh, almost a little more kind of te- technical. And there's a lot of men there. 
Um, but over time, it started to kind of soften a little bit and turned into more of a uh, more of a focus on community community and less of a focus on the workout. And what this started to do was it allowed people of other fitness levels um, or um, other age groups who traditionally wouldn't sprint. They'd be very intimidated. And, and so this community sort of um, just really uh, welcomed them with open arms and, and made them feel safe. And, um, and, and so I've put an emphasis on that, that connection piece. And I think that that's what has allowed it to grow so quickly. Um, and people have gotten a, a lot out of it outside of just the physiological benefits of, of sprinting. They've, they've made a lot of friendships. I've seen it. So there's yeah, probably cool. how many people that attend this, like on a, on a full scale, like how many? Well, full scale. Well, the largest one has been 220 people. Yeah, and cool. But on just with one Instagram post promoting it each week, it's, it's um, no less than 100. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's authentic, right? Because yeah. it's like you have probably have people come out there and – it's almost like a networking thing, right? They see each other, say, "Hey, this is my friend. You need to meet," and then they connect, right? Mm -hmm. it's, so it's like almost people have you have regulars, right? Mm -hmm. They probably come like every week, right? Probably since the beginning and all that, and it just brought friends and all. Mm -hmm. It's cool. It's organic, exactly. yes. right? Like it's it's sincere. Mm -hmm. And a place like Austin, it's a it's an epicenter for health and wellness. Mm -hmm. So everyone just gravitates towards the idea that you want to be around other people that just they want self improvement. Right. That's what health is. Yep. Right. So like you have your own personal journey, just like everyone else. Right. You got into health and wellness because why? Uh, well, it was uh, something that I I always wanted to get into and to really double down on. I, I was no stranger to the benefits of it. I read my fair share of uh, self-help books in, in, in my, my teenage years and uh, emotional intelligence books and, and all these things. But I, I couldn't quite seem to uh, follow through with the actions of it. Um, a big part of my story is, is really taking uh, drug use and alcohol use to an extreme, uh, which led me to a, a rock bottom. Uh, at my darkest moment, it, it looked like um, heroin addiction in Los Angeles, overdosing in a Venice Beach bathroom, waking up in my own throw up. So that paints a bit of a picture of how ugly things got when I was uh, 26, I'm 34 now. Um, and, and, and since then I, um, made a, just a, a firm decision to, to never go back to that, uh, that, that, that sort of, um, uh, that toolbox of, um, using external substances like drugs or alcohol to cope with the heaviness of life. I decided to go a different route and that was the start of my spiritual awakening and my devotion to my health through fitness, diet, mindfulness, meditation, um, and in managing my, my stress levels in a, in a much healthier way. And it's, it's crazy the way it's blossomed into what it is now that it's not, it's not work. It's not a, it's not burdensome. It's just become so integrated with who I am. It's easy. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, uh, I know I heard your story before. I kind of felt like I already knew you because you are so open about, you know, your journey and everyone's kind of told me a little bit about you as well it is pretty incredible to see a transformation from that to this because i would not have guessed it you know initially right just everyone has a background right but the idea that you've kind of come so far has probably been the hardest part right like kicking it is one thing but then like discovering like why you function this way right why you think this way mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and that's been a whole journey yeah very much so i i always share this with with when i tell my story is um that in sobriety it, it it was that much more challenging just because i had to feel every single raw emotion i had to meet my edge i had to meet my fears i had to immerse myself in my own uh anxieties and limiting beliefs and but what this did was it started with meeting my edge but then i to learn to push past it and to get to know who i am on a deeper level outside of my thoughts, feelings, and emotions, who am I at more of a soulful level? Uh, what is the language of my heart? What is it trying to say? What is my purpose in life? What does living in integrity mean? And starting to kind of dip my toes in the water of this new way of living and the benefits, um, sort of the, uh, uh, the consequences of that have turned out to be just very amazing. And, and it's like, wow, there's something to this. So that's, then it started to kind of gain momentum and become much easier. Is that the, the harder work to do with when you're coaching is like, hey, be aware of what's going on. So 
more so than like, hey, let's kick this habit or let's let's stop doing that. I'd say so because self awareness is a double edged sword. I yeah. mean, you you really um, it is the playing field for uh, personal growth. I think. It, I mean, that's the step one. Is like, okay, what's the nature of the problem? Like, how am I creating my own problems based on my decisions? And then, but the other side, the the more beautiful side is is getting clear on some solutions and some actions on what one needs to, to do to, to live a more fulfilling life so what would you excuse me what would you start with initially like what would be the first thing someone comes to you and you say this is what you have to do first mm-hmm. yeah good question um so i want to i want to give a bit more of a context for what i do um it's as if i i don't have a plan for anyone i don't have an agenda i i i've really um got my own opinions, my own life experience. But with coaching, it is this beautiful relationship of first over anything else being a, a really deep, compassionate listener. And, and when you can um, really listen to the needs of a client, kind of hear where they're at, um, almost like from an unbiased perspective, I'm not kind of jumping in there and adding solutions. I mean, it's a slow kind of build, really hearing where they're at and and how they they create their own problems they create their own misery and then really hearing um sort of the little slivers of of light or hope um their strength and so it is my job as a coach to skillfully extract that light that love that courage that strength and mirror that back to them and and so i i become this this really powerful guiding force in their life and and then we find a comfortable level of accountability to, to move forward. Accountability. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably the biggest factor when it comes to someone asking you for help, right? Because Or just making any type of change, right? Well, yeah. we deal with it all the time here yeah. with like lifestyle changes just yeah. for you know, just for, you know, weight loss or just whatever type of issue that we're having to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And commitment is such a deep, deep, profound word for most people because it sometimes scares people. Right. Commitment will scare people because it means like, oh, there's going to be this change and there's no going back. Yeah. But the incredible thing about it is like if you are not happy with where you're at right now, you would probably want to make a change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I try to think about it. I'm like, well, if you think about it and you're in their shoes. Right. They're like, OK, I don't feel good. I want to feel better. Like maybe I'm not getting enough sleep. Maybe I'm not the weight I want. Maybe I don't have the energy. Right. All right. Cool. Well, what are you doing differently? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm mean, just kind of. And I'm trying to exercise more and I'm trying to eat better. Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. What does that mean you're trying to? You're either doing it or you're not, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So then I guess in that sense, you don't plan anything, right? You say, okay, well, what's the particular issue? Mm-hmm. So what would it be? Would you say, like, let's focus on your sleep? Mm-hmm. Let's focus on your mental uh, relationships with certain things that you have in life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it could look a, a variety of ways. Um, so life coaching, from my understanding, uh, from an academic point of view, but also my own experiences with um, people I've talked to and in my own experience in the industry, traditional life coaching can be looked at uh, as very what we call horizontally focused. So kind of moving the goal line forward of setting goals, um, yeah, having things that are a bit more uh, scalable and, and, and manageable, like increasing sleep. Um, lowering, uh, let's say, alcohol use or drug use, um, working out at this intensity at this time for this frequency. And that's all necessary stuff, and that's a big part of my work. But then there's this other side of things, what we call, um, that's why I say the word transformational coach, is it takes it a step further into this vertical approach, is what we say. It's 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 getting um, a man in touch with uh, a little bit more of a, what we call a feminine energy too is the um, things like meditation presence. It's all about consciousness, raising consciousness to um, kind of get to know him himself on a, on a deeper level outside of his identity and outside of all these goals. Um, and, And so this is like uncharted territory for a lot of us because we're so caught up in being anywhere except the present moment. And there is just so much power and validity to uh, the present moment where life is currently happening. And, and so that, when we kind of head into that territory, it's, it's very magical what sorts of things can start, of, uh, start materializing. Um, a newfound confidence, optimism, hope, 
uh, a slowing down, a, a kind of resting in this present moment, like, okay, I'm, I'm really doing the best that I can. And when a man can k- start accessing that space that he's doing the best that he can, he starts approaching himself with a little bit more love, patience, and compassion. And when he can stay in that space a little bit longer, that's where he's going to do his best work and show up to those future goals um, with more uh, of a devotion. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's very nicely put. It's really interesting, right? Because like, you, you'll find a meme every once in a while where people say like, hey, we asked someone who they love the most and like they said all these other people, but they didn't say themselves first, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, we are so harsh on ourselves sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And like, we always talk about like, oh, who's your worst critic? Like, I'm my worst critic. And it's like, it's interesting because like we should be more compassionate. Mm-hmm. The other day I woke up, I was having a nightmare. It was really interesting. Uh, I don't remember the nightmare, but I remember waking up and being like, you know, what's cool about it is that I get to experience that. And like, that's how I see grace now. It's just like, just the fact that like in this universe, there's just like so much like nothingness, just space, like just, you know, just dark matter. And the fact that I actually get to understand that I am alive mm. is is a very unique. It's like the chances of that happening are like almost none whatsoever, yeah. like almost none. But yeah. the fact that I get to experience mm-hmm. awareness, it's pretty neat. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So what I hear you saying is gratitude and abundance. And, and I'm sure we can compare that to other moments of not being as much gratitude or a mindset of abundance. And when we compare the two, it's like um, kind of framing it in the way of a, a launch pad, so to speak. It's a much more conducive launch pad to be in a mindset of gratitude and abundance than the alternative of scarcity and I'm a piece of shit, right? right. Yeah. And so that's a big part of my work is getting them into that, that more uh, higher form of a launch pad. Like a frequency. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. We talk about level consciousness. I mean, maybe at least every other episode, at least. But here in the clinic. We mention it every day, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) There's a really cool chart before you leave that it shows a David Hawkins. Mm -hmm. uh, There's a book called Power Versus Force. Mm -hmm. And he talks about level consciousness. And so like the gratitude, joy, um, I guess even love, bliss, like all those are certain numbers. And it takes a lot of work to be able to understand or even sympathize with that type of feeling, mm-hmm. right? The compassion aspect of it, I'll never forget, as an entrepreneur, you're, you're basically going to have to give out praise to all the people around you, right, to, to keep them motivated. But then at the same time, it's like, well, what about myself? What am I going to do to improve the way I think about myself? And... Do I feel good about what I'm doing in life? Do I feel good about the person I am? Do I feel good about what I get up to and do every day? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times people are afraid to speak up, especially guys, about what they're feeling. And most guys who go through depression, for example, are not going to be vocal enough. Mm -hmm. Women, on on the other hand, will be. And we know it here because they come here and they tell us all kinds of things. They even tell us what's going on with their husband. And that's why the husband comes in, right? Because then... You know, the husband comes in and is like, well, I'm tired. That's why I'm coming in today. I'm like, I know more than what's going on, right? Like, we are telling me. But, like, what is it? And if you if you sometimes tell a guy, like, hey, I think you're depressed, it's almost like this feeling that they, it's a negative, like, connection with. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't mean that depression's a bad thing. I think that even with, like, the emotional aspect and checking in with yourself, being present, and be like, well, how often are you, you know, sad? I don't know. I'm kind of sad more more often than not. It's like, well you should probably own up to that. It's okay to be sad. It's just the idea is like, what are you doing because you're sad? Mm-hmm. Like that's the next step, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, for the, for most of my life, I, I made this assumption. I'm going to use my father as an example of someone I have so much respect for, but um, he never taught me the value of uh, being vulnerable or um, anything related to emotions. I mean, he really showed his love through, through money and, um, other ways, but um, there wasn't that deep bond. So I wasn't modeled uh, this uh, emotional intelligence from my father. And, and so then I, 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 you know, as an adolescent and kind of going out into the world, I, I had this viewpoint that uh, men are choosing not to be that way, um, that they, they're making a conscious choice to stay shut down, to stay ignorant to their own emotions. And there's a whole host of reasons why they do it. 
But then over the last few years, especially getting into the industry that I'm in now as a coach, I'm seeing that it's quite the opposite. It's that they don't know how. They don't know. And that was a big kind of uh, game changer for me. Um, and I hate to say it, but it's it's worse than we thought of how they don't know how. Um, and and I think there's I mean there's a variety of things that we could place blame on. Um, you know, lack of, of powerful father figures in our lives or, or culture and, and all these things. Um, but it, regardless of the, of the blame and the reasons why, the, a man, no matter his age, he still has it within his power to start um, heading in this different direction to get more skillful at addressing his own emotions. And I love the word congruency of like getting more congruent with how you're feeling and then how you're expressing yourself. That's true vulnerability right there. And there is so much strength in that because what that does is it starts to invite others into where you're at. It builds communication or builds connection with people. And that's, as you guys know, we're hardwired for connection. Yeah. And, and, and so, men, we're, we're really struggling in a lot of ways because um, we're, we're trying to really hold it all together. But that's quite the, um, it's, it's the opposite on the in internal condition. Yeah. So, so yeah. and what, so basically what you're saying is that it's, it's not so much that, men are you know feeling their emotions and so like i'm not going to talk about it because i'm better than that or like whatever it's more of like they don't even know yeah how to bring it yeah. up it's like that's the quick kind of response i don't want to but when you uh these men have invited me into their inner worlds and what i start to see is these deep subconscious walls that they're not even aware of yep. and so they kind of spin it off as uh i don't want to talk or they get busy with work or all these things and how deep do, do those walls go like oh, to the core of their being, yeah. yeah. He's got established at a very young age. Yeah. Their, their central nervous system is adapted to this stuff, yeah. you know? Some <laughs> traumatic event. Yeah. And what will happen, most likely, and this is just everyone in general, a traumatic event will happen throughout the course of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And you respond to it differently, right? As yeah. a kid, you don't really know a whole lot. So it's like a whole other world when it's like your parents. It happens to your parents or someone around you that you only know a handful of people. As you get older you kind of reflect on like how you responded to it and you might not have made the right move because you're a kid or whatever, right? But at the same time, think about like people's divorces. Think about people who had, I mean, I was listening to a master class on here, on the way over here and um, she was saying she had a friend die in front of her in a traumatic accident. The psyche that you would go through as far as like the emotions, the guilt, the processes, the downloads, you would say, right? It's a lot to process and it's it's almost like with guys, you have to tell them, well, it's okay to have emotions. Like, you don't have to be stoic. You don't have to be just, like, this stone-faced person who doesn't, like, ever, like, talk about how weak they're getting or how the pain they're going through or, you know, anything like that. Because by the time they do, it's kind of too late. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of outlets that you'll have in life. And I've seen it even with, like, endurance athletes, the people that they might not be smoking or drinking but what they're doing is they're working out like crazy and they're pounding their bodies they're trying to get this physique that you know they're trying to achieve this something especially guys if you don't get there it's it's a merit kind of deal the award system you know it's competitive i mean we do labs here all the time and it's crazy because guys will be just as competitive as the next person. Like, I want to make sure my numbers are, like, in the green. I want to make well, sure. Well, they'll ask, like, because, like, if they're friends that did it together, they'll be like, are my labs better than my, you know, yeah, yeah. else? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't mean, I don't know if you can compare it that way, yeah. right? Like, it's a completely different person, you know? Like, right, right. <laughs> but we're trained for that. We're trained for that. We're trained for praise. We're trained to give it out. We're trained to somehow not be able to accept it, right? Like, think about this. Like, I've always loved this social experiment. Someone says, like, hey, man. Sure, it looks nice today. Do you answer back and say something positive, or do you just say thank you? Mm -hmm. I mean, me personally, I I'm more the, the positivity because I like building rapport yeah. with people. And I say, hey, you look good too, yeah. man. What's up? How yeah. are you? And <laughs> it's great because the, it will it will kind of go back and forth, right? Because you yourself are so good with where you're at in life mm -hmm. that naturally you want that connection. Your your body's ready to receive that. Like you know, like we. I mean, the introduction right when we came in today, you know, that was natural, right? Despite everything else that's going on, mm -hmm. because your bodies are connected and wired to do that, right? Yeah. Physical touch, emotional connections, mental connections. I mean, most guys, they, they see past just talking sports, you know? 
at first. You know, you kind of want to say, like, this guy's this guy's all right. And it's just like a, a female even. Females find it hard to make, like, friends. I think guys, it's the same way. Like, you might have acquaintances and all that, but it's hard to make friends because you have that guard, right? You got your boys from growing up and all that, and then it's more of like, well, I don't know this person the way I do them growing up. Mm-hmm. But even then, those friends growing up might not be who you are now, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, uh, what we do with my clients is uh, it's an inquiry into the past and where this guard started to get established. And, and, and thinking in terms of uh, the central nervous system, it's really interesting to see how uh, trauma or emotional stimuli in such a formative time in an adolescent's brain or a child's brain, um, how uh, the adaptations that start to happen to cope with uh, the external stimuli. And it's, it's really beautiful to see how the body takes care of itself in, uh, in this kind of crazy world that they're in. And it's all... It's, it's so, you could say, very positive in that, that time. But then it, where the problems and the suffering starts to happen is when uh, they don't outgrow that guard and they're still running on outdated programming. Um, I mean, these things have been hardwired, and, that's, and I'm, I'm sure you guys can attest to all this research that's coming out on neuroplasticity and, and how you can start to change this hardwiring and have more of an openness to to life in a whole new way and you don't need to be living in fear anymore and it's really beautiful to see this tipping point that starts to happen and there's a shifting of perspective about themselves and the world around them and um it's it's really really beautiful yeah well the fact that you're you're thinking like that on a whole nother level is incredible because even most of the population isn't like if you think about it but if someone especially a guy comes to you and says, you know what, I think I can resonate with what you're telling me. Like this makes sense. Maybe this is kind of the missing piece that I've been looking at. Because think about it, a guy's life is, I'm a dad, right? So I got, I got two kids at home and a, and a wonderful, beautiful wife. And the cool thing is we got the typical American dream. We got the house, you know, business, you know, work hard on the weekends. We want to play with our kids and all that, right? And it's, it's tough because on a Friday night, you know, Saturday night, we're not going to the bars, you know, you know, I, it's cool if it's like King of the Hill and you got your neighbors that you can hang out with all the time, but that's not the case. Right. And especially right now, we're not going out. Like we're not going out to concerts. There's no like movies that you can go out to. And it's just weird. Right. So the idea is like, well, at the end of the week, what do you do to reflect? Right. And like you said, most people don't even know because they'll go home and they'll start watching TV. And I mean, you could easily read a book, but, it's easier to watch TV, right? I mean, I, I can't relate with any of that much. Me personally. And, but, but that's crazy though, yeah, right? Yeah, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, so the norm, yeah. Right. So when you talk like that to guys, that's taking them out of their world because right now they're missing sports, mm, right? Yeah. Like the Texas just announced like sports can come back on again. So everyone's like, awesome. We got something to look forward to. And it's incredible because you're probably like, no, everything you've ever needed is all right here. It's been with you this entire time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? It, I saw that it reminds me of this hilarious meme that I saw the other day. I'm just paraphrasing, but it was basically a, a Twitter uh, quote that said, if the bars reopening is allowing your life to return to normal, then you've got bigger problems, right? Yeah. Like yeah. then the bars being closed. It's like, it's, it's true. And that kind of speaks to our culture right now. Well, it's funny. We have a friend last night that kept saying the bars are opening at midnight. He kept making this little hint and everything. I was like, wait a second. The bars opening at midnight? He goes, yeah, we're going to go. And he kind of hinted, like, do you want to go? And I was like, no, not at all. Like, not like midnight. Are you serious? And they kind of both yawn just thinking about it. And yeah. I'm like, that changes your whole lifestyle. Yeah. Right. And it's weird because um, I was we were in that lifestyle, too. So we we used to think we were going to own a bar. And um, we always tell the story. But uh, we stopped drinking and we we're like, we can't own a, open a bar. Right. So what do we do now? We always wanted to work business together. And so we're like, well, we got really healthy. We said we want to help other people get healthy. So, like, let's open, like, a cool spot that people would come and hang out just like a bar. And so let's create, like, a lounge, like a vitamin lounge. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we created. Because when you get older, I think even being a dad, being a business owner, just anyone, you realize time is probably the most important thing you have. And the next thing you would probably include in that time is your health. Mm -hmm. Right? It's the same thing. So we're fortunate enough to where we encounter most of our connections with guys through health. They have health problems. 
they have different ones than females. It's honest. It's true. But a lot of the similar mental issues, the the uh, fraud syndrome, you know, or the imposter syndrome. That's what it is, right? The imposter. And I'm sure with guys, that is huge, mm-hmm. right? I mean, how often do you encounter that? No, it's huge. Yeah, I can relate a lot with it. Um, I mean, that imposter syndrome is a... It's a, you know it's actually just a manifestation of something much deeper. It's it's that I feel I'm fundamentally not good enough in the world, yeah. and I think that that's something that we can all relate to to having that part of ourselves, that kind of shadow part of ourselves, and it manifests in different ways. And um and and so there's an overcompensation that starts to happen with this shadow of I am not good enough. And this could look like, you know, promiscuous sex and, and copious amounts of drinking and partying and wanting to be seen around lots of people, compulsively working out, um, and, and where then things start to really get out of balance. And it's unfortunate that, uh, and I'm just speaking to men right now, that things kind of need to get taken to an extreme of they need to start having physical symptoms saying you need to change something. Or they have this uh, soul-crushing crisis of like, I don't want to die, but I also don't want to live. Like they feel like a fish out of water and it it gets taken to that extreme. And it's really unfortunate that it needs to get taken to that point. That's what it took for me with heroin addiction Um, or things like, like breakups, uh, a death in the family, um, uh, even this pandemic of where it forces them to meet their edge in a whole new way. um, Because if none of these things happen, uh, they will continue staying in this comfort zone of whoever they are and um, kind of running on that old programming. Hello there, Vitamizers. Thank you so much for listening to the How Do You Health podcast brought to you by MSW Nutrition. Just wanted to let you know that we have an awesome sale going on in the month of June. If you're listening to this podcast, we have our Slenderita complete sale going on. So basically our Slenderita is the original drink mocktail, if you will, our multivitamin cocktail. <laughs> it's made with our Slenderella Boost multivitamin supplement mixed with any sort of sparkling water that you'd like. We also recommend adding some lime juice. On top of that, to make it a Slenderita complete, you can add our ketones, our Neuromag, and our gut supplements to really stack all of those incredible nutrients on top of one another. Now, our sale for this month is because this is truly, in our humble opinion, the best poolside drink you can have. So you get all of these supplements. That's the Boost, Gut, Ketones, and Neuromag for a total of $249. That is over $90 off if you were to buy them at full price, and we're very excited. So you can go ahead and find that link in the description of this podcast to shop now and save. That is only in June 2020 that we're doing this. So if you're listening, please make sure to do it now. This is brought to you by MSW Nutrition. Back to the How Do You Health podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, and it's very hard to break old habits, right? It very much is because old habits run deeper. Like it could be your dad, right? This is the way my dad did. This is how I act. And this is kind of, I mean, it's crazy, right? Because my dad told me when I was younger, I asked him, I said, why he didn't name me a junior? And he said, well, we're not the same person. But a lot of times you are because your dad and the men that you have in your life are your role models for the most part, especially if you're younger, which is incredible. So just like when you get older, you got to imagine the friends you hang around with and the people you surround yourself, they're going to be role models too, or at least they should be. They should be people you look up to, right? People that you, you get inspired by. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times with guys, you know, when you're younger, if you're in a sports like I am, like I looked at my sports you know, idols as, as heroes and you get older and you kind of meet your heroes. It's one of those things like never meet your heroes, right? Because then it's a whole different mindset. We all have the same problems. Yeah. We all have the same problems. I mean, it doesn't, you can't be starstruck anymore, mm-hmm. right? There's, because it's the same issue. They come in, it's the same. I can't, I don't have energy. I don't have a good mood. I can't lose weight. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you have low mood? Why do you have low energy? Why can't you lose weight? Oh, it's because I have a sugar issue. Really. And the thing is, it's crazy because you talk about the idea that making a habit is so hard to break. Think about the chemical reactions that we cause in our bodies, like serotonin and dopamine response. And those are chemicals that essentially cause a feedback system, a reward system. I eat like this. I work out like this. I get dopamine. I feel better. Right. I feel negative. I don't have any dopamine. I don't want to feel like that. 
So whenever I do feel like this, I'm chasing this. So the yeah. extremist, right? Yeah. That dopamine response. I took Adderall my whole life. It's the same shit, right? Mm-hmm. It's no different. Mm-hmm. It's that edge. I want this. I want this now. I can't wait. Yeah. So then do you have a, I don't know, um, an exercise or something you do? How do you, How does someone make those changes without having to break down? Mm. That's where um, asking for help starts with one um i'm just noticing that there's got to be more to life than this um that um you know just really taking ownership of of your own life and and just really noticing of like oh maybe things aren't terrible right now or or just noticing little little shifts in um everything from their their energy levels or their let's say some resentment is kind of hanging on a little bit longer than it should um, like, oh, I think I need some help with this. or I need to um, explore this with someone. And, and just asking for help can really, really change things. Um, and outside of that, um, I mean, I, I am an optimist by, you know, it's, it's hardwired in me. That's just kind of how I am. And so I would like to think that, that men will, will take the initiative on their own when they feel called. But um, here's the, the pessimistic pessimistic side of me coming out is that from my experience is it it does take a little bit more of a rock bottom moment for us men we're pretty hard-headed yeah i th- i think that what helps about it is is the fact that we're like even in this case that we're speaking about it right because even with uh in situations where like we, we keep talking about like mental health right it's like and i think th- that there's a shift happening where like people are getting more comfortable with speaking about it like i made a post about my depression uh, a year or like, two yeah. ago maybe and I did it just because I wanted to, like, I was like, I need to get it out. I don't need it to be in me. And, and, uh, what I was fearful of is that people were going to like feel sorry for me or like, I didn't, I, that's not what I was searching for, but what ended up happening is that there was a lot of people that, um, well, yeah, there was some support. They were like, Hey, we got you, whatever. But what was more common was that a lot of people were like, thank you for saying that because like, I feel these same ways and I don't know how to express it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, you saying it helps me like come out and say it and it's like well i'm not the person to like try to help you through this because i'm not an expert or any of that but like you should definitely talk to someone about it and Mm -hmm. it's as easy as just talking about it right yeah so i think that the idea is like hey let's get let's communicate with people that communication is key right like get that out there even if uh you know which is what i love about meditation because sometimes like i always you know i've said said this many times it's kind of like my um like my way to calibrate energy for the day right so that if i know that if i feel a little bit off then i can be aware of that and i can like address it right away before it gets like pretty negative and it's not the easiest thing i mean recently i've gotten into some bad state on some stuff but but you you have to work through it at some point and if anything like sometimes it does help to be like you know what i'm just not going to address it right now because it's not the time to address it but at least i know that it's there and i'm going to keep it yeah yeah i'm going to keep it at bay talk about it when i need to i know who to talk to i know who not to talk to about it and how to talk to about it that's been a lot of work over the years right Right. so to get there is is like hey just start with at least communicating it yeah right but i'm I'm glad you brought up meditation because that is a huge part of of my work is because uh meditation allows for the the playing field to do this inner work um to notice when I like to use the word equilibrium, like to notice when you got, let's say, triggered into something or some sort of emotional response or being really in tune with how your, your body's feeling or how your, your gut is feeling, um, where anxiety is being stored. And sure, on, on its most elementary level, I think meditation can be looked at as like acute relaxation. Like those are some of the benefits, yes. But where the, the real benefits and transformation start to happen with a consistent meditation pro, uh, uh, practice um, outside of just the the neurological benefits of it i'm referring more of to the the just the natural calmness of the mind to start um backing up from your thoughts and and sort of uh having more of a, a bird's eye view perspective of how your your mind is 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 showing up and, and when you can kind of back up a little bit more it becomes more integrated with you it becomes more um, malleable and when your mind can become more malleable in the sense of like where you can uh this is now we're getting into the territory of, of mastery over your mind of mm-hmm. and and it's really been amazing to see how my meditation has shifted away from just wanting to 
get calm in the moment into um, the consistency has really allowed for a lot of space, aka more calmness, um, to do this inner work, to kind of move around. Oh, I, I notice I'm feeling anxious right now. And then there's this other part. Oh, what does that anxious part need? What is the highest form of self-care? Oh, it feels like I need to turn my phone off for the next two hours and then take a small nap. Or I need to call, call that friend um, who I want to forgive for something that he did. Or um, There's more of a, yeah, it's, a, it's an accessibility to higher forms of self-care as the result of having a calmer mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he talks about his meditation as well, too, in the sense that, he'll go deeper into it and he goes deeper into it. And the cool thing is I'm starting to get that, but I'm not on levels yet. Mm-hmm. Like the idea is just to get past that first phase where you're like, all right, where well you are calm. And then you can get to the part where you're like, all right, now I'm like, I'm kind of like in another place. Like I'm, I'm like almost like, think about it. Like you, if you could get out of your body and view you from like stepping back yeah. and being like, okay, that's where things are at in life right now. That's where I'm at. That's I noticed like my posture. I noticed the way I'm holding myself, the way I'm talking to people and all that. It's, it's a way to really go into your subconscious, I believe. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's what I think it's really hard for people to meditate is because they don't want to put the time and effort to really go down that deep, but then they don't know how to do it. Cause most people will say, I don't know how to meditate. Yeah, and it's also like a sense of losing control, right? Because like you're having to step up. That's the thing, right? Like you're always controlling something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you have to let go of that to get into deeper states of meditation. And that can be scary for some people. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, when we, we can kind of, this is heading into more of a spiritual conversation and, and, and bigger question about, because spirituality, if we had to really sum up what that means to me anyways and what I've learned, is it's, it's more of a deconstruction of the ego. It's a deconstruction of, of one's identity to get below even the subconscious into like the root of who you are, this this um, this human e- essence that connects us all. And, and, you know, quantum physics and the Joe Dispenza's of the world are, are showing this through science that there is this interconnectedness with all of us. Um, and then he talks about things like heart coherence and, yeah. and it's just really beautiful work to show the power of meditation that it is learning to relate with yourself in a whole new way that will change your life forever because you start finding a place within yourself that is full of love. It is confident. It is calm. It is reassured that everything's going to be okay, even in the face of death, adversity or worldwide pandemic. And and so heading in that direction is very scary. It's uncharted territory because we have to first get that first level is our anxiety, our incessant thoughts. And, and that's where a lot of people go wrong is they think that they they don't know how to bypass that um, that stage. But what starts to happen with practice is it's not them doing it. It just naturally happens on its own. Yeah. So consistency is, is number one priority. It's, it's, like, you, it's like the mm-hmm. devotion gets rewarded, right? Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Because that's a new habit, right? Imagine if there's the daily routine, like brushing your teeth, taking a shower. It's like you meditate. Well, it's like anything else, right? When you're building patterns, like it's like it's the process of like making making shortcuts in the in the in the connections, right? And so, because that's what happens, right? When we're making habits, like at some point, it's like it's just automatic because you skip like these three connections because you're just going to go to that connection, so might as well just get there really quick. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with meditation. Is like you have to build those connections. So at some point, it's like. I'm going to skip that. I'm just going to go ahead and drop because I already know that that's what I'm trying to do anyways. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take a while, right? Like yeah. it's going to take a while and a dedicated practice, which is why it's called a practice and not exactly. just like go meditate. And yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. So how often and how much do you meditate a day? Yeah. So I, I am not, it's funny. I post a little video, uh, of something i'm doing a full day in the life video today okay of, of just everything i'm up to and i, I spoke on uh, a quick little story saying i i don't live my life in a routine in any sort of way i don't even set a lot of goals for myself because i'm this is a whole nother conversation that I, I really live my life in more of an intuitive flow state um but this does come with a, a high level of self-awareness and personal accountability or i call it radical accountability um, for challenging myself and heading in the direction of my dreams and everything I want to achieve. But there's more of a 
a fluidity about it all and not so much of a rigidity of being in a, a routine. But with that said, meditation is, is just a non-negotiable for me. Yeah. Um, 20 minutes minimum. Um, but I've been taking it to upwards of an hour. And, yeah. and um, yeah, I have my meditation cushion at home. And, and what's really beautiful, um, and I didn't expect this to happen, it's, this has been happening. I've been familiarizing myself with this space a little bit more, but I'll do my best to explain it. So when we look at something like meditation or fitness um, as being very compartmentalized, like, oh, I go and meditate and then I go back to my life or I go and work out and then I go back to my life. But there's been this interesting integration that's starting to happen yeah. to where I go and meditate. But then the way I, I kind of show up in my day to day life, it's as if I'm still in that state in a sense yeah. there's a there's a calmness and a um kind of just getting better and better at being the watcher of my own thoughts and it's bleeding the benefits are bleeding over into my day-to-day life and ah, oh, it's it's really beautiful it's, that's cool it's yeah, funny that you cool. said it that yeah. way because i've i've said it similar before where it's like i'm going into my meditation because it's a certain way i want to go into life mm-hmm. and it's like and i want to create that as opposed to like and being reactive mm-hmm. yeah that right. reactivity will bring you down yeah yes. it's cool yeah <laughs> that's i like the the meditation blending in i i've that's what it is i've i've experienced that a couple of times to where well you know that feeling like because we'll with the vitamins that we do here like for example this is kind of an antioxidant approach right but most people will have like a B vitamin approach that messes with their mood. And when you get B vitamins, you might have a lot of energy because you're producing more serotonin and dopamine, or maybe you'll get really calm and you're like relaxing cortisol and you're increasing GABA production, which is a whole nother parasympathetic response. Well, if you're in parasympathetic mode, you probably want to be that mode all the time because you're chill, you're relaxed, you're like super calm. So when people come here and they get in that, they're like, well, how long does this last for? How long can I do this for? Because You'll feel better. And we're all kind of searching for that. We're trying to shift out of sympathetic and go into parasympathetic mode. Meditation has been throughout the ages one of the easiest forms to get into parasympathetic mode. The problem is it's very difficult because it's a discipline. It's a practice. It's not something you just do once and all of a sudden you're like, all right, cool. I'm in parasympathetic mode. I'm here for five minutes. It's like, no, you have to stay in there longer in order to get the benefits, right? Because if you're in parasympathetic mode all day... Mm -hmm. You can handle anything thrown your way, right? Oh, stress here, like, psh, no problem, right, right? right? Like, oh, this thing's crashing and burning. I got just the thing. I got the fire extinguisher right yeah. here, you know? Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought up parasympathetic because the more I've learned about all of this, um, I, I've really uncovered something very beautiful. And you guys may not believe me, um, but I I live pretty dang in a parasympathetic pretty pretty close to being in a parasympathetic state pretty often to where um i i have a very calm mind and my body is um it it's it's beautiful like i well you can feel it like it's, whenever, it's, anytime yeah. i run into you or whatever it's like yeah let's oh yeah like it's calm it's like oh i i know you like and oh and, i know I mean, it's centered. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this. And I felt that same deal, too, when I met you finally at Little Grey Story. Because I walked away thinking, like, if you you can just sense people's energy and if they're okay, it makes you okay. Mm -hmm. Because you pass that along to someone, right? Like, in the chaotic sense of, like, people passing through. Remember? Because it was inside the house. People are passing through. They're going place to place. You and I are having a conversation. It lasted, honestly, two minutes probably, right? But it felt like we were focused mm. yeah and it yeah. wasn't it wasn't like because imagine someone comes into you like scatterbrained and they're trying to talk to you like dude like uh, you need to calm down yeah. with that shit <laughs> yeah, like, yeah you're making me freaked out right <laughs> right, now. right. But you come in there and you're just like calm and collective and it's like that's cool yeah and now it, it's interesting though because like with calm energy a lot of times people, like i have a pretty calm energy myself like i've been told you need more stress in your life yeah uh, like, yeah for real. seriously yeah <laughs> and um and so i do get comments often like hey i really like your energy but there is sometimes that people are at a completely different energy where they feel kind of like i don't want i don't know what like it's almost like they feel like something's wrong with me because it's a completely different energy that they're never in and that's kind of like that's sad in the first place, but at the same time, it's like it's crazy how frequencies can be so separate 
that you're just not going to sync with each other. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we should, and I think that's, that's an issue just in general in the world, right? It's like, how do we get all of us to vibrate at the same frequency? Because I think that that would be the answer, right? Yeah. Like if you, if we can all just vibrate at the same frequency and then we would understand each other. Well, I think that there is, it's, it's the body wants to, it, it's like we all want to, and we're all striving for it to get more on the same energetic frequency to it's our natural state. Yeah. It's our natural. We are naturally calm. We are naturally just um, very present. Um, you look at things like animals and children. I mean, they're just so immediate uh, with their lives. And it's really inspirational to watch children and animals kind of partake in, in the world. And, and, and I think that there's also a lot to be said for what I call a, a mirroring effect that happens. So when I'm with a really, really anxious person and... Um, when I maintain my own sense of groundedness, it it mirrors back to them kind of how anxious they actually are, kind of, you know, se- speaking yeah. to what you shared. And it, it makes them uh, feel uncomfortable in, in some ways. And they may either look at it as, oh, this guy's kind of weird. I don't feel comfortable on him. Or they may, you know, like, whoa, okay, you're right. I, I do feel a little bit anxious. And, and that has been, uh, you know, when I express that I have really come to realize how often I am in a parasympathetic state is, is by out in the world of really having a keen ability to pick up on anxiety in others. Um, and, and, you know, in the lives of my clients and, and just strangers and, and like, it's almost tragic. It's it's so that's also what's given me so much devotion to this career path that I'm in, is it's my duty because I have a, a an energy level that is naturally therapeutic to people, yeah. and and I want to do my best to be there for them to help them lower their anxiety. That's awesome, that's man. That's fantastic. That's yeah. that's that's great. And I'm telling you, with guys, you probably have a niche that you will never ever <laughs> have. You'll never have enough clients, right? You have too many of them. That's what's going to happen, right? You have you have to cut it off, and you have to eventually say, "I can only see so many people," and then eventually have to teach people what you're doing. Yeah, That's really cool. Yeah, but yeah, thank you. But uh, I am going to make it to a sprint squad one day. Please do. I, I yeah, will definitely go. I would love to come. I think that's really really cool. But uh, for the other people who want to find you, where would they find you? Yeah. So my primary social media presence is on Instagram. It's my full name, Shay Boland. S H E A B O L A N D. Also, my website, shaybolin.com, or my email, shay at shaybolin.com. That's awesome, man. Thanks, Shay. Thank you. We'll have to do a second conversation. Thank you, guys. This has been great. Thank you so much.